Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio. Heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. The economy is once again slowing down, and some experts are predicting a serious downturn in the near future. Are your assets ready to weather the storm? What if you're hit by your very own personal financial storm, such as a lawsuit, a liability issue, or a serious medical emergency? Are your assets safe, or would you possibly lose much or most of your hard-earned investments? Perhaps there are simple precautions that you can take right now to secure your assets in a crisis. Our guest today, Ryan Fowler, a financial strategist and co-author of Asset Protection in Financially Unsafe Times. Ryan is an expert on asset protection, and he's here to share with us some of his insights. Ryan, welcome to Living Wealthy Radio. Hi, Teresa. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, asset protection is one of those things that people don't like to think about it, um, think about until it's too late, and then they wish they had done done some planning. Do you get a lot of that kind of resistance? I do, and let me tell you, you, you mentioned at the beginning of your show about the economy showing signs of slowing down, there being uh, signs of storms on the horizon. You know, when the economy melted down in 2008 and 2009, I saw all the horror stories. I saw, uh, especially amongst real estate investors, who all of a sudden had all these properties that were underwater, were getting foreclosed on, were getting deficiency judgments against them. Uh, because they couldn't pay off the mortgage even after foreclosure. They were still owing money. Uh, you know, I saw banks going after people and people having problems, but at that point, it was too late to do any planning. There's something called fraudulent transfer law, and basically what that means is if you wait until you're in hot water, it is now too late to take your chips off the table to protect your assets and insulate them from creditors, because any planning I do, uh, or almost all planning, I won't say all, but in most instances, almost all planning I do, um, will be undone under fraudulent transfer law if if you wait too long. And really, even just setting up a basic plan that costs a one-time fee of a few thousand dollars and, and then very little to maintain after that will take your chips off the table. So when... Uh, the storms come, you can do additional planning at that point. Uh, it won't be too late to do that additional planning. So there are, uh, you know, more people that come to me that have something on the horizon or a lot of clients come to me and they say, um, I had something go wrong. I lost a lot of my wealth. Now I'm coming to you to make sure it, that won't happen again. It's much better just to realize that we are in perilous times now um, with what's going on with the economy, this this um, government debt, 
spiraling out of control, the havoc caused by Obamacare and uh, skyrocketing medical costs, uh, just tuition costs, just everything getting out of control. Um, it, it, a, a, an ounce of cure is worth a, or I'm sorry, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of cure, and nothing can be uh, truer than that saying. And those who have the foresight to do some planning now um, will find that when trouble arises, whether it be in two years or 30, that it's going to be a lot less painful for them, and they're going to be much better equipped to weather that storm instead of waiting until the storm is upon them. So give me a couple examples um, of, like, you know, a scenario where someone's done proper planning and a scenario where someone hasn't done proper planning. And the two examples I think I'd like to work with are real estate and medical expenses. Because I think you're right. When it came to real estate in 2008, uh, I have, you know, hundreds of clients that I work with, many in real estate. And, oh, my gosh, what a mess. What a mess. Even for seasoned investors who supposedly knew what they were doing, um, 2008 shocked, I think, the whole real estate world. Yeah, absolutely. And and I got a lot of calls, and I had to turn a lot of those people down. So because it, what was like an example of one of your, you know, one of the calls that you got, what kind of hot water were they in and what kind of planning could they have done? Um, and what would that have protected in terms of their assets if they had done proper planning? Sure. So, uh, by way of example, and this is an example of one of the many calls that I received, someone would come to me and they say, Hey, I'm a real estate investor. I have 10 properties or five or, or 15 or whatever. And when they bought the properties, their plan was that they were going to rent out the properties and have some net income off of that enough to pay the mortgage and then some. Uh, their plan was a property would appreciate in value. Um, it was it was easy to get financing, you know, in 2006 or seven or earlier. Um and, but when they came to me, um, they could have property that when they bought it uh, was worth two, three, five million dollars, or even you know a few hundred thousand dollars, whatever. And the property had lost thirty, forty, fifty percent of its value by the time they came to me. And so now they had mortgages on their property that they couldn't afford to pay. They couldn't find uh, renters, or for whatever reason, they couldn't pay these mortgages and. Even after, if there's a foreclosure or a short sale, um, many of these properties, they were still owing. Uh, so let's say there's a property they bought for half a million dollars, and it was uh, short sold for $350,000, and they had a, a you know $400,000 mortgage on it. They're, they're liable for $50,000. Now, there's a very few states that in some circumstances don't allow what's called a deficiency judgment, but um, most states do. And even if the bank uh, forgives the debt, you may have, um, you know, debt forgiveness is uh, its income to you the way the IRS sees it. So even if you're lucky enough to have um, the bank forgive the debt. You may now have the IRS coming after you. 
And if you're caught with your pants down, people will come to me and they would say, well, you know, all these properties were in my name. I got better financing that way. Um, they never put them in a LLC or trust um, or, or some type of protective structure. And they, they came to me and they say, can I do something now? Because if I get these deficiency judgments against me, I, I want my home to be protected or my life savings. Um, a lot of these investors don't have 401ks or IRAs or they have significant assets outside of their qualified retirement plans, which are, you know, normally protected in most, in most states. IRAs are, um, 401ks are protected in all states. So, uh, at, at that point, I said, I will tell them, well, I can set up an LLC, but it may not work. Uh, a creditor can come after you and say, you set this up after you had problems. And under fraudulent transfer law, that means the assets you put in there are coming right back out. The creditor may even argue that uh, the person that set up an asset protection plan um, should be penalized for setting up that plan and should get fined for it. And um, that argument has merit in some states. So uh, that's one example that I came across a lot probably between 2008 and till about 2012 or 2013. Now, um, with regards to, uh, well, one other thing I wanted to point out is that there are signs that there is, again, a real estate bubble. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of easy money pouring into Wall Street, and a lot of people have been investing. And uh, there is a, a disparity between the amount of buyers and the prices of property, property values have gone up 50% over the last, since I believe 2010. So there's another bubble there, but the amount of buyers hasn't gone up. And that's the exact same situation we had in 2007, 2008, before the real estate market crashed. Uh, we had the same amount or slow sales, but prices skyrocketing. That's what's happening now. So if you're a real estate investor, um, you really should do planning now before this bubble bursts again because you don't want to be one of those people that I was talking to in 2008, 2009, 2010, where they were worried about losing their entire life savings against these deficiency judgments. Um, so that's one example. Another example is a lot of people are concerned about health care costs, about skyrocketing insurance. You know, for me, I'm, I'm a single guy, 41. I used to get, uh, before Obamacare, major medical insurance with a $5,000 deductible. It cost me 100 a month. Now it's 400 a month. There's a lot of people can't afford insurance, even if they have an employer that will uh, help them with, uh, you know, footing the bill. And, and health care costs are out of control. The number one cause of bankruptcies in America is medical bills that can't be paid. And you could be doing fine today, and tomorrow you find out you have cancer. And cancer treatment can cost millions of dollars. You may even have insurance and still not be able to pay your share of medical bills. And do you want to lose your home, your life savings, everything, because you didn't take your chips off the table when, if you do planning now, you can legally and ethically take your assets and, and put them outside of creditor reach. You, you take them off the table. You basically make them so that they're no longer your assets, even though you may retain control of those assets and may have 
access to income from those assets and be able to benefit from those assets, depending on the type of planning we do. Uh, you can do that and, and retain the beneficial use and enjoyment, but keep them from creditors, but you have to do the planning now before these storms uh, arise. And there is, you know, and it, the cost of setting up a plan, it's, it's all up front. It's not like insurance where you pay uh, a few hundred or a couple thousand or dollars a year for the rest of your life. It's going to be a larger fee up front. But generally, you pay that once, and then there's a low maintenance cost. And, and so if you can get over that initial hump uh, uh, now, you're going to have something that will protect you and give you peace of mind the rest of your life no matter what happens. And, you know, both of these instances I gave you are not covered by liability insurance. Or say, for example, uh, you're married and you have your separate property or you have an inheritance and you get divorced. You're, even though under law, separate properties are uh, not supposed to be part of the divorce, the divorce attorney could argue that the, the appreciation and, and your separate real estate that occurred during marriage should go to your spouse or at least part of it. They could argue that the property was used by the marital community, so it should be divided amongst the spouses. Um, putting your soul in separate property in an in, in asset, you know, away in an asset-protected manner will... will Keep those arguments from being made if you do it soon enough. And so it can protect against, uh, to some extent, uh, protect from uh, divorce, failing businesses, um, not just lawsuits. Of course, that's something, too. In some circumstances, we can protect assets from bankruptcy. So all of these storms that are on the horizon that, that may never happen, but let's face it, um, all those things I mentioned happen to a sizable minority of Americans at some point. So giving you the peace of mind so that if that happens to you, you're going to weather the storm, I, I think it's worth it and it'd be wise to do. So what would that look like as far as real estate is concerned? Because like you were saying, you know, the mortgages, um, most times people personally guarantee um, the mortgages on real estate. So if it was 2008 and you had a short sale and you're still personally guaranteeing the mortgage uh, and you walk away from the property, how would asset protection uh, help somebody in that regard? Well, you need to protect your personal assets. And... um, it's best to do asset protection and take assets off the table, so to speak, before you sign a personal guarantee. But, but really, the crux of the matter is if you do asset protection and then you continue paying your debts as they reasonably become due, then, then you're solvent and you're able to protect personal assets against future um, uh, contingencies such as something going wrong and you signed a personal guarantee. You just have to do it while the credit receipts are calm and while you're able to continue paying your debts and, and there's nothing um, particular on the horizon that, that is starting to develop. Um, you should do asset protection for your business assets, and LLC is excellent for that. Uh, some assets are not appropriate to place into an LLC. If you put your personal home in an LLC, there, there are courts who have said you don't get protection by placing personal assets and a business entity, such as a limited liability company. Uh, in that case, we like to use trust. And oftentimes I combine trust with LLCs because um, when you combine both of those tools, you get the strongest overall planning where not only your assets are protected, but you'll be able to weather um, 
a storm if you have creditor problems in the future. And by weathering a storm, let me explain what I mean. Um, let's say, for example, you have some investments that serves a business purpose, investing is a business purpose. And let's say you have an investment in real estate and you put it in an LLC. And then let's say uh, something happens unrelated to those assets and you get uh, sued. Now, because of the laws uh, that govern limited liability companies, LLCs, a creditor, if that LLC set up correctly, will not be able to get assets in that LLC. But that creditor can obtain what's called a charging order against the LLC. And that means that the creditor has the right to get distributions from the LLC that would normally go to you. Instead, it would go to the creditor. That's a charging order. Now, if you're under the gun and someone has a judgment against you and they're trying to garnish your um, salary or they're taking other collection attempts um, against you, you may end up needing those savings or income from that um, real estate to live and survive and pay your bills. And so if a creditor gets a charging order against your LLC, that means you're not getting any cash flow from that LLC. It'll go to the creditor instead. So what we typically do is we wrap an LLC inside of a trust, and a trust has extra flexibilities an LLC does not. To make a long story short, you're able to access cash in the LLC and get it to you for your benefit so that not only is a creditor not able to get your assets inside the LLC, but they're also not able to get a charging order against the LLC, and they're not able to, to interrupt your cash flow. Um, if they make it so you can't access assets to pay living expenses while, while you're under creditor attack, they can use that as leverage to force a settlement that's very unfavorable to you. They can cause you pain that will make you want to say, um, settle on unfavorable terms. So one of the things that makes a good asset protection planner a great asset protection planner is to not only uh, protect your assets, but set up a plan that helps you keep cash flow from um, your assets going to you so that you can pay your living expenses and, and survive and weather any storm, uh, creditor-type storm or uh, other unfortunate event that comes your way. So it sounds somewhat complicated, is it That's why, that is why I have a job, but we do make it as simple as possible <laughs> to maintain once it's set up. And that's a big part of our planning is to make a plan that's workable and that's easy to maintain for the client. Because I think that's one, one reason why it's so scary for, for people, right? You talk about trust and LLCs and, and all this stuff, um, but it's got to be practical and it's got to be easy to maintain because once it's set up, um, people are kind of stuck with this, right, with with their plan. And um, so even though you're talking about, you know, the trust and the LLCs and charging orders and all of this stuff, you and your attorney network make it very, very easy to implement, correct? Yes. And one thing I want to say is we always set up our plans to be flexible so that they can be modified or changed or added to down the road as your circumstances change. And we also set up the plan um, so that it can be unwound if it needs to. So the trusts we use are typically irrevocable trusts, meaning the person that puts the asset in the trust does not retain the right to get those assets back. But that doesn't mean that the assets can't be given back to them by someone else. We always will set up a plan 
so that if it needs to be unwound or modified, it, it can be. That's just part of good planning. We don't want anyone to be stuck with something that needs changing or for whatever reason they want to undo down the road and they're unable to. So how did you get involved in asset protection planning? And I know that you studied and worked with um, the late, great Dr. Goldstein and, in fact, co-authored a book on asset protection with him. That's a, a, a very good question, and it's an interesting story. I was a business owner who had a business fail and had creditors chasing after me because I signed guarantees. And uh, I had my uncle was my business partner, and long story short, we lost our savings because we had not, um, although we operated out of an LLC, and uh, this was back in 2001, so about 14 years ago. Um, the business lasted about a year, and then it failed, and we had a lease on um, big office space. You know, we had uh, a couple dozen employees, and, and uh, we signed contracts for T1 lines and just had all these, you know, creditors um, that wanted us to sign contracts and sign personal guarantees. And when the business failed, uh we lost our savings. And uh, after my business failed, I um, went back home, and I don't like to admit this, but I lived with my parents for a year and a half to lick my wounds and find out what I was going to do next. And and after uh, I went back home, there was a family friend who had a business that put stucco on buildings. This was in Texas. And he was hired to... Um, his company was hired to put stucco on a very large apartment complex in Texas. The um, the guys that or the company that was um, tasked with laying the foundation was doing it wrong, and he knew that would mess up the entire project if the foundation's wrong. So he told the project manager, "Listen, they're putting in the foundation wrong. Uh, it's going to mess everything up." The project manager said he'd take care of it. Well, he didn't. The foundation got put in wrong. It turned into a huge fiasco, so everyone on that project got sued, and he got a judgment against them for $2 million for something he didn't do. That's very common in the world of litigation. It's called expanded liability. Um, attorneys have the phrase, throw them all against the wall and see who sticks, because it's it's not that hard for them to add as many co-defendants as possible. And if a judge uh, lets someone stick um, under, even if they weren't directly liable, then that person's in trouble. So I saw these instances of my uncle and I, we thought we had protection of a limited liability company where the, you know, the debts of the business, uh, the creditors wouldn't go after us personally. We find out that's not true. I had a, um, a friend of my family who lost, you know, everything except he got, he got to keep his home because Texas has a very generous uh, law that protects homes, um, but he lost everything else. So I, I saw a real need for asset protection. And there was a uh, company that wanted me to sell asset protection plans. I, um, that company uh, is now defunct. They're no longer around. So I, I had a sales background. I was looking at selling for them. So I exhaustively researched anything I'm going to sell. It's just it's what I do. I came to the conclusion that what they were doing wasn't good, but that there was a better way. Uh, to do things based on my research. And long story short, I took uh, continuing professional and, and legal education courses. I read a lot of court cases. I read uh, Internal Revenue Code 
And I hunkered down, and for a year and a half, I did research and wrote my first book. Um, a few years after that, I ran across Dr. Goldstein, and um, there, there back then in, in the early 2000s, there was a lot of hype and misconception about what good planning was. Um, there was a lot of hype with no substance, a lot of bad plans being sold. So when I wrote my first book, I, I, everything, every position I took was exhaustively researched, backed by court cases, backed by statute law. And um, after that book was written, some companies um, got a hold of it. They said it was great. Some attorneys got a hold of it, said it was great. They started sending me clients, and I would work you know, with the attorneys on the cases. And then I wrote a book with Dr. Goldstein. I got to work with him on uh, over a dozen cases over a five-year period before he passed away. And his law firm handled 20,000 asset protection cases over his 40-plus-year career. So we wrote a book together, and um, I got a bird's-eye view, um, seeing all these cases and what can go right and what can go wrong from Dr. Goldstein and his firm. And we saw what really works and what doesn't. And so things just took off from there, and here I am almost 13 years later, um, still doing planning and having a wide network of attorneys and other professionals I work with that refer me business and we do projects together. What's your favorite success story? Clients that have uh, implemented the strategies that you recommend and that have been protected? Um, I'll tell you two. Um, I had one client that uh, did asset protection, later had to file bankruptcy, and the assets in the plan were not even scrutinized by the bankruptcy court. So they survived bankruptcy, and that's a pretty big star on my chest. Um, I uh, also had a client I did, uh, I basically just set up an LLC for them. And a few years later, they had a dispute with the IRS. Um, Basically, a levy was served on them, and they had their LLC bank account that they operated their business out of. And it was a it was a personal tax debt. And they didn't have tax issues at the time when I did the planning, which is um, very important. If someone comes to me and says they owe the IRS at that time, then I'll turn them down. But uh, they did the planning well in advance. Um, the bank made a mistake because the levy was against them, and their LLC bank account was at the same bank as where they had their personal account. The levy is against them personally. The IRS understood that the tax debt was owed by them personally, not their LLC. But the bank mistakenly froze their business account, and the bank thought that all that money should go to the IRS, their business account. Um, so they called me, and they were uh, very distraught. And those, the funds had been frozen. They're frozen for uh, usually for three weeks before the bank sends money over, so you have a chance to challenge um, the levy. I sent a letter to the bank, uh, which is basically something from the IRS, an internal legal memorandum, where the IRS admits they can't levy LLC assets for tax debts of the LLC owner. And the bank said our mistake, and they unfroze the funds, and the people continued to operate their business normally. And uh, I have many stories of things like that happening, but quite honestly, um, most asset protection plans are not challenged. I, I actually hear more stories of someone coming to me um, that I did planning for, and let's say a while down the road, they say, you know, 
someone filed a lawsuit against me, but it never went anywhere. And this is very common. Um, oftentimes, an attorney will file a lawsuit against someone just because it's easy to file the initial claim. And um, sometimes an attorney beforehand will do an asset search. Sometimes they wait until after. But at some point, they're going to do an asset search to make sure the case is worth pursuing. If someone doesn't have any assets to get, then that attorney, he's not going to take the case, at least not on contingency. Contingency meaning they're not going to charge you anything up front. So I, I have had um, clients sued, but then the attorney finds out there's nothing they're going to get from the suit because this person did asset protection, and the suit just melts away. And years later, um, nothing happened. Um, the suit just disappeared. Or the suit doesn't happen in the first place because they, they find out before they file the suit that there's nothing to grab because it's all in a strong asset protection structure set up before there were problems, which means they can't use fraudulent transfer law to undo the structure. So I have easily a dozen more stories, but that's free for you. Interesting. And as far as asset protection, I know you, you speak about combining the planning with estate planning and business planning and um, other strategies. Um, one is, of course, um, the state where you might reside and may be more asset protection friendly than others. There are some states like Texas that your homestead is protected no matter what. Um, life insurance, uh, some states really um, allow you to have whatever cash value you have in life insurance to be 100% protected, um, which is the business that I do, right, and the work that I do. Yep. And I see that all the time. I've got many clients that, um, for whatever reason, have had to um, file for bankruptcy and they got to keep all their money in their life insurance, and that was awesome right. for them. The 401K, the IRAs. Um, so speak a little bit about those strategies. Now, you're talking about exemption planning, which is assets that are already exempt under, under the law. And when someone comes to me, you know, I give them a questionnaire, and we do a thorough analysis. And if we can um, use these exemption laws, such as the homestead exemption, we, we absolutely do. But no matter what state you're in, most people are going to have, excuse me, at least some substantial assets that are not exempt. And most states don't protect assets as well as, say, Texas or Florida. You know, where I live in Utah, the homestead exemption is $20,000. I know some states that have no homestead protection. There's no equity in your home protected uh, against creditors. Um, but you also asked about uh, combining asset protection with the state business and other types of planning. And the answer is, uh, I guess, two answers. One, you of course you want the most bang for your buck. And if you're going to do estate planning and set up a trust, or if you're going to set up a business and run it out of an LLC, why not make it the best LLC or trust? Um, you're already doing one anyways. Why not make it the best it can be to not to give you as many benefits as you can? Um, setting up, if you're already going to set up an LLC, making that a strong LLC that, that where the limited liability is re reinforced as much as possible isn't going to make that LLC harder to operate. So if you already run a business, um, why not do it? And, and if I'm doing asset protection... I'm going to want to give you the most bang for the buck that you can get. 
Now, I'll do what the client wants. And so if a client comes to me and says, you know, I just want the asset protection and they understand that, hey, estate planning is available, um, I, I always incorporate that into a plan whenever the client's going and I always talk to them about it. Um, they may not want to do it, and that's fine. It's it's their choice. I do what the client wants. But uh, adding an estate planning component or a business planning component um, usually doesn't cost a lot more. You'll you'll have a plan with a lot more bang for its buck. And in respect to business planning, a lot of times when people come to me, we can find tax deductions that more than pay for the cost of their plan within a year or two. So. If you have a business, let's um, not only do asset protection, but maybe set up as an as LLC taxes and as corporation, get you some self-employment tax savings or other savings to put more money in your pocket. It just makes sense. And and so really, um, you know, asset protection is my core focus, but I'm familiar with and I always look at any other benefit that we can get for you. Uh, we're going to put it into the plan. I'm already doing the planning for you. It's not that hard for me to incorporate these other aspects, and it, it just makes sense to do that. I couldn't agree with you more. And really, the I was very surprised when I learned uh, the cost of doing the asset protection planning. It really is a fraction of... Um, what someone would expect, you know, not that, you know, a couple thousand or four or 5,000 for a more elaborate plan is, is not a lot of money, but really in relationship to if you're in business and you've got assets to protect, it really is, um, is not a whole lot of money. So I, you know, really thank you for coming on today at Living Wealthy Radio. You know, the conventional financial wisdom, and this is something I speak about all the time, right? It's it's one of my main themes, conventional financial wisdom. Where has that gotten us, right? Um, it's yeah. gotten us into the mess that we are in, and it's certainly going to take some out-of-the-box solutions to protect our investment assets from future economic crises because, you know, real estate, 2008, who would have thought? right? Um, the veteran real estate investors who had been in the business forever had never seen anything like that. And that's, that's true. And, and we're in a different economic environment now. Things are very uncertain. And what's underlying it all is the policy of the Federal Reserve and what Wall Street's doing. No one in Wall Street that was a big player went to jail. You can argue Bernie Madoff, but how could he not go to jail? He, he was caught so red-handed. But none of these big institutions that sold these, uh, you know, these um, credit default swaps or sold these derivatives filled with junk um, went to jail. And, and uh, trillions of dollars, they got trillions of dollars in bail-ins, and money has just been printing and printing and printing. Our economy hasn't been producing more. It's just this fake money being printed, and it's blowing bubbles. And a, a bubble is... Uh, from, from artificially inflated lending and, and bad mortgage practices, that bubble caused their first crisis. There are bigger bubbles now. The derivatives market is greater than the world GDP. It's it, by quite a bit. The world GDP is about $70 trillion. Our derivatives market is over $500 trillion. That's all just money being printed out of thin air, and that's an enormous bubble. And when that pops, everyone will be affected. If you have any type of debt, think about what would happen if there was an economic crash and you could no longer pay those debts. You want to lose your home and lose your other assets to your creditors, or you want to ethically and legally allowed under the law, take those chips off the table now 
and you're protected against uh, when we can do it. We protect against bankruptcy. Oftentimes, we can protect against that if you do the planning in a timely manner, and you're paying your. You can't do protection and then immediately stop paying your debts. It doesn't work that way. You have to plan on paying your debts. But if there's any of these downturns um, or unforeseen um, incidents in life, you pay one time to set the program up, a few hundred dollars a year to maintain it, um, and then you have that peace of mind that in our crazy and certain economic times, you're going to be... Um, you're going to have a nest egg and a fortress set aside where those assets are going to be safe from, from those threats. Well, one of my uh, mentors calls it having the battleship plan, and that's a, a concept I've adopted with my clients in my practice, um, having that battleship plan. So no matter what happens, right, you've, you're, you've got another plan that protects you so that you're not starting over. Um, and life happens, crap happens. Right. And, um, so it's not that we're, we're recommending people set this up so they don't have to pay, you know, creditors or anything like no, that. Of course not. It, that has nothing to do with the kind of planning that we're talking about. It's, um, you, you have to keep paying your reasonably anticipated debts, but this, this will protect against the major storm of the century that comes down the road and, and keep you safe from things like that. Right. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. Your website is www.pfshield.com. That's peterfrankshield.com. We will post um, a link to your website along with the recording of today's show on livingwealthyradio.com. And I really thank you for joining us today and letting our listeners um, in on your insights. And uh, if anybody wants to work directly with you, they can contact you at the pfshield.com website. Thank you. And also, uh, if you'd like them to go through you or contact me, uh, they can get a complimentary copy of the ebook version of the book I wrote with Dr. Goldstein, which is also for sale on Amazon.com as a hard copy. Perfect. And they would get a copy of that from your website? Yeah. Uh, just contact me. I'll send them a complimentary ebook version, no charge. It sells for anywhere from uh, MSRP is between 45 and 50 on Amazon. Oh, wow. So that's a nice little savings. I'll make sure our um, radio production team also has a link for that on, on uh, Living Wealthy Radio. Thanks, Teresa. Thank you so much, Ryan. Have a great day. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.